EdTech Mondays Kenya is supported by the MasterCard Foundation Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in partnership with EdTech East Africa. Welcome to EdTech Mondays Kenya. My name is Moses Kimimbaru, your host and moderator for the Kenya edition. This month, we look at technologies and enabler of equity and inclusion for learners in Kenya's north and northeastern counties. Kenya is one of the best education systems in Africa due to substantial and holistic investments by the government to enhance teaching and learning for all stakeholders. Even as participation, quality, equity and inclusion for learners have generally improved in Kenya, access and outcomes for rural learners, girls, learners with disabilities and other vulnerable populations continues to lag significantly in the arid and semi-arid lands, also known as assholes. 29 counties in Kenya are part of the assholes, which occupy over 80 percent of Kenya's landmass and are home to roughly 36% of the population, 70% of the national livestock herds and 90% of wildlife. According to a June 2022 World Bank brief, most counties in Kenya exceed 12 expected years of school. According to the same report, however, the expected years of schooling in assholes are as low as 6.5 years, meaning very low learning outcomes are concentrated in a few counties in Kenya's assholes. Some of the key factors behind this trend include the harsh climate, lacking physical and digital infrastructure, cultural values and practices, language barriers, as well as the literacy levels of parents and caregivers. In today's conversation, we will explore opportunities to improve equity and inclusion in education for the learners in the ASALs with a focus on the north and northeastern counties, which include Wajir, Marsabit, Garissa, Mandera, Isiolo, Lamu, Samburu, Tana River, Tukana, and West Pokot. I'm delighted to introduce our panel for today. We have Venta Grace Otiano, Training Coordinator at Impact Ed International, Virginia Jindiru, Director of Programs at Zizi Afrique, and Noel Chabuyot, Senior ICT Officer, National Council for Nomadic Education in Kenya, also known as NACONEC. Our sign language interpreter is Rose Omolo. And before we get to our panel discussion, let's first hear from our stories on the ground where we went to Wajir High School to get a better sense of what they are doing to address equity and inclusion gaps for their learners. Let's have a listen. As a county, we benefited from this program. Two 11 primary schools were supported through the digital legitimacy program there were deliberate and conscious efforts put in by the government of Kenya to enhance the uptake of technology. One was isolated cases where secondary schools were being supported through an affirmative program where schools were sampled out, identified, uh, ICT laboratories put up and being supplied with some digital infrastructure. The biggest opportunity we now have is the content has been digitalized. So once the content is in digital form, it's only, it's only, only important for us to uh, leverage on these existing opportunities. Whenever you have a lesson and you feel like maybe showing students something, you go to that smart TV and then it, it, it has a YouTube. You, you download the video and then you show the students on how some of the intangible things are seen, maybe are done, some of the protocols that cannot be carried out where we don't have the resources, maybe all the books can be seen or shown through the YouTube TV. It made my learners more active, uh, always maybe in class, 
They also, maybe some of them compete also to operate the system or maybe the computer or the TV. Some of them, uh, they operate for their own. Sometimes they request and say, can we go to the TV and watch the TV? And I believe if we maybe can get more resources or maybe the ministry or maybe the school can allocate a small budget to purchase for some of the gadgets uh, to increase the number of laptops and projectors, it could have been helpful to the learners. The things and the facilities that we would really like to have in our school is an iPad that is connected to a system of the school that is monitored by the administration and IT specialists who follow up what the, the students consume while they are given the facilities and the content they go through. The laboratory, as you can see, it is not that much welcoming. Some of the computers are not functioning. Even if they are working and there is no the know-how to the student on how to use them, then there is no need. Anything that is useful is when there are people who are making it useful. There are people who are using it. So even if they are working or not working, the know-how is not there, so it will not be useful. Adequate number of teachers in the field of technology is a factor which uh, by extension have some attitudinal reason. When there's history, IRE, geography, they opt for that, you know, that, that line compared to metalwork, woodwork, home science, all that. Security is another aspect, which by extension, although town schools are not very much worried Teachers use security as a reason to leave Northeastern. And most of the teachers left us some seven years, six years ago, because they were here, one teacher is killed somewhere in the border. Then you see one morning, 20 teachers, including the one of the workshop, the one of the computer, leave you. You're only left with a few locals. The only school that can now serve Northeastern and even the whole of Bujia County is this school, which is the only school with a workshop. Rest don't have any workshops. So maybe we can start off with you, Benta. You can tell us a little bit more about yourself, the organization, and what it is that you do. My name is Benta Otieno. I work with an organization known as Impact Aid International that uh, uses the power of media to build the capacity of teachers to improve curriculum delivery and to empower the learners by instilling life skills to them and uh, mentorship skills that can help them to cope with life. I am Virginia Gindiru. I work at Zizi Africa Foundation. On the issue of learning outcomes, we are particularly bothered by the many children who are going through school but not learning sufficiently. And so our work largely focuses on competency acquisition, both foundational competencies, in this case, reading and math, and also competencies that are required by youths to thrive in the world of work. So we generate and apply evidence to inform and shape policy. My name is Noel Chaboriot. Uh, I work with uh, National Council for Normal Education, uh, NACONEC, and I'm an ICT officer there. It was established to check on the educational disparities in the ASAL areas. Great, thank you. That's the arid and semi-arid lands in Kenya. And one of the things we know is that when you look at ASALs and also North and Northeastern Kenya, 
there seems to be a big disparity when it comes to learning outcomes as a result of various factors. And I'd specifically like to ask you, respectively, you know, your current perspective on the status there and looking particularly at things such as when it comes to girls, uh, persons living with disabilities, and also those who come from marginalized backgrounds. When we come to the status of learning in Wajia, based on um, the findings that were done last year, 2022, we find that um, we have a large number of learners who are still outside school about 150,000 learners are outside school. And out of this number, we have about 79,000 of them, 79, of them being girls. And so we find that a lot of effort is being done, yes, by the government and the non-government actors to bridge this gap. But the gap is still big. We still have a lot of learners outside school. Our focus largely is uh, learning for all children. And so we begin our analysis of equity inequities from a national viewpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we may all appreciate the various assessments that take place nationally to kind of demonstrate uh, are there regions that are left behind on matters, especially and for this one I'll speak about foundational learning. Are there regions that consistently fall behind others uh, compared to the national average? And so as we speak about technology here today, I think these are some of the issues that we need to really bring out uh, and ask ourselves, what practical uh, strategies do we need to deploy in these regions without looking at it just from the viewpoint of uh, special needs? Because sometimes when you talk about equity and inclusion, uh, the bias is towards uh, SNE, but also recognizing that there could be children in the mainstream education system uh, who would really want to participate in the technology, but maybe the technology is not in a language they understand. Mm -hmm. So what happens in that case? Uh, they may have the technology, yes, uh, but maybe their reading levels do not allow them to engage with the content. So what provisions and considerations do you have to give into content? Noel, um, I would love to hear your point of view um, based on what you're doing at NACONEC in terms of that north-northeastern situation uh, when it comes to you know what's happening on the ground. The constitution gives the right to a child to education, yeah? But now the government of Kenya gave free primary education, which promoted uh, inclusivity, but uh, it's trained on the facilities in the education sector. So at the moment, uh, if you see the facilities there, the, we have many children, yeah? Mm. But the facilities don't uh, meet. Cannot actually cope yes. with the number of children. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we also have um, about uh, learners with disabilities. We have a policy to promote their learning, but uh, it's still wanting. We have not met uh, everything in it. Bente, I'd like to come back to you. Uh, you're involved in teacher mentorship. You're working in schools, I think, in Kajiado and also in Wajiri. And I'd really like to hear more about your program there and what you're doing on the ground to sort of address some of these gaps when we look at equity and inclusion uh, for the learners. When we train the teachers to be able to apply technology in the classroom, the goal is to make learning fun. When learning is fun, the children will want to come to school and uh, stay in school. And so we aim to uh, retain the learners in school and also support them to transit to higher levels. And so we do this by providing content that is um, suitable for the different learners that can be used as a teaching aid. And so the learners are excited when they know they're going to use technology. 
uh, they have content in form of videos. Uh, in form, the current project has uh, the videos in form of animation mm -hmm. that is uh, for the level of the learners. And so that way, even for the learners who are not able to understand the language of uh, teaching, that is English, whose uh, level of English is low, they are able to follow the animation and the videos, and they are able to still get the concept and uh, be able to gain uh, what the teacher is teaching. I'd like to come back to you, Virginia. Um, and I think for me, I'd like to understand a bit more about ZZ Afrique and what you've seen from your perspective when it comes to ensuring that learners can benefit from you know, technology-enabled uh, education. We didn't start off as a technology-enabled intervention. Mm. Uh, we actually, uh, at the onset, went out, uh, selected on poor performing schools through the uh, guidance of the sub-county education leadership and partnered with 150 schools. This was pre-COVID. And um, uh, we started our programming, which basically looks into three things. One uh, is reinforcing formative assessment practices that enable teachers to understand the reading, more or less the learning levels of the individual children. Because if a teacher understands me and where I am at is able to plan for me better. And then the second one is uh, reinforcing uh, targeted instruction. So in as much as I'm in a class of 50, how do I thrive as per my, you know, irrespective of my level? Because then a teacher should have, should be in a position, is better prepared to know that Virginia from where she sits can only do at this, you know, can only do certain tasks within yeah. this lesson and is able to plan for me accordingly. Uh, and the third large piece is community engagement. How does this conversation go beyond the school uh, to become uh, an affair that is shared or a responsibility that's shared between the home and the school? Noel, I feel like you can pick up very well from where Virginia was in terms of talking about some of those situations, but particularly uh, maybe sharing with us some of the you know, technology-based interventions you might have encountered in your work, specifically serving these regions of the country. We put a solarized container a classroom in uh, Garissa County. This is a school called Kuno. And uh, this is like, uh, it uses only solar and uh, safari comb to get the internet. But the students there, they've really improved, they've really shaped up uh, uh, school. It's, uh, you can see the performances way up. We've also done something in uh, Wajia, there's a Wajia uh, girls, and also in Isiolo. Uh, you can see the technology is an enabler there. Mm. Uh, when you try moving to other counties like Turkana, we uh, you find some regions that don't, you cannot get access to these uh, signals. So uh, uh, at some point, you are off the grid. This basic infrastructure. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we have partnered up with uh, some um, content creators uh, like Elimu, Elimu Front. Their uh, them is to teach on at certain uh, time of the day, that's around 4 p.m., they teach and the children uh, are responding very well to this. So for me, I believe technology is going up in these regions. And uh, but at some point, there yeah. are some places that is now, we are off the grid. It's completely a, it's a massive gap right there. Okay. The issue of, of connectivity you know, speaks broadly to the issues around infrastructure. We were quite ambitious when we were rolling out our radio program and I remember we thought we had done our best, uh, went out, asked the parents, which is the most popular radio station, who is the most popular presenter you listen to, because we wanted to also be very careful around the timing, uh, around which radio station they receive. But even with that, 
uh, when we uh, deployed solar panel, solar powered radius, we also had to go for solar powered radius. Uh, there are still some regions that couldn't get uh, uh, to, to participate in the session. So I think uh, just to, uh, to amplify that sometimes even when you think you're really aligned to the realities, the contextual realities that those people are living through, they are still hard to hard to reach regions within mm -hmm. the hard to reach, you know, like there's the most marginalized within the marginalized. Wow. And so one needs to kind of be really cognizant of these dynamics. And I, I, you know, when it comes to designing there for the intervention, there are so many tires of equity. And not just the overall, you know, we have this content fine, but how does it get to the last mile? Uh, you know, the child who is at the farthest mile of technology. I think what I'd like to ask all of you now is maybe let's look towards the future. Let's think about where this can all go. How do we start solving the issues and the disparities that we're seeing in that region of Kenya? And more importantly, how can technology through edtech uh, become an enabler of these opportunities when it comes to equity and inclusion? Um, I'd love to hear your perspectives, Noel, from what you can see going forward. Uh, one, uh, first we need to address the poverty issues because uh, there are some places that are so poor that uh, uh, they have the children have to first go fend for themselves before going to school. Mm. If we address that, it will will have these children in school. Uh, second thing is uh, there is a fear of these gadgets, one by the. Uh, the teachers. If we uh, train the teachers and uh, make them use these gadgets, they will be able to train these children. Technology is a public good. Uh, and I think one of the key barriers we face, even when we've had modest resources to, to invest in, in these uh, communities, is the fact that for me to access technology, I can only access it to the extent that I can pay for it. Um, and think about it, if I'm implementing something in Gungoma with very, in the very rural regions, and I want content that's offline, uh, and I have to pay for an annual license, nobody would be able to do that every day. Mm. Um, we're also looking at to what extent would we start encouraging communities to start embracing technology. We have to make it affordable. So I think it's, it's shifting our viewpoint of technology, edtech, as a public good. Uh, as it is uh, now, in my own view, my own uh, very basic view, is that it's still uh, a highly privatized affair. The second one is um, uh, differentiation. Uh, I think we need to, you know, to also dream beyond uh, mainstream content that is, uh, or content that complements curriculum. The, high, the, the broader focus right now is content that is aligned to the syllabus because we want our content to be KCD approved. We want it to be uh, aligned to the designs. But what happens of this other creative content that could still complement the curriculum without necessarily being the standard uh, curriculum? So we faced uh, some bit of challenges on that because we're looking for a supplier or a provider who has thought about what does it take to teach a child how to read through technology? And you know what is that package? And how can we invest in that uh, uh, as, 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 a, as a community? So differentiating that. The third is uh, 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 demystifying the whole bit about technology. I think when you look at the critical actors in the education space, we have the parents, we have the teachers. Uh, how we sell it to them de also determines how much or how well they will receive it. So maybe it's also looking at what our ICT policies and do they encourage a culture of risk taking? Uh, do they encourage a, a culture of just you know, having that as a practice, a standard practice within the classroom, uh, so that uh, maybe if we flipped 
the instructions we give to the schools that if this device gets lost, you have to pay for it. If we flipped that instruction to say we want to be as proactive as possible, uh, make the most innovative use of this technology, see what transformations you're able to achieve, possibly those devices will still be in use. Uh, what if uh, we also thought about the role of communities in all this? Uh, because I believe today, uh, in as much as the technology, the forms of technology are not the same in terms of access, uh, it's not everywhere that you'll find a tablet, it's not everywhere that you'll find a smartphone. Uh, when you're designing a solution, uh, how do we uh, think through the various formats in which it can be delivered mm. to be able to reach the very uh, basic tech form of the technology, lowest common the denominator. lowest common, yeah, the lowest common denominator of that parent, that child, who may never be able to do it. But like I said earlier, uh, it's also an initiative that's dependent on so many other things. Uh, if you are to host it within Turkana region, like he said, the place is vast. Uh, but also, uh, how about investing? Because I believe why he would have challenges with connectivity in Turkana in some regions is because maybe there's no must. Uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the provider the has not invested the, 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 uh, the infrastructure needed. Maybe you also need to promote equity from all dimensions, even in terms of the infrastructure itself. First of making sure that they have at least access to something. When we were doing our um, assessment to determine the schools that would get the the project implementation, we, we, we had to leave out a lot of schools because of a lack of electricity or electricity being there, but there are challenges with it. Maybe it's, um, it's damaged in the school and so the school is not able to um, fix the problem. And then we also have um, instances where some of these equipment are actually out of service but they are not being serviced by the, the necessary uh, body, uh, in this case the ICT authority that is meant to service them. And so you get to a school and you find maybe the projector is not working and uh, the authority is not aware and they are not able to utilize it because it's now they are lying dormant. So maybe again just involving all the partners involved could help to uh, bring these uh, facilities to you know, be able to utilize effectively. And uh, the other thing that I also found um, very key, as uh, Virginia has mentioned, just demystifying the, the concept of ICT. And uh, also uh, just making, uh, as, a, as a first language, you know, uh, when, when we started in Wajia, uh, we had our content in English and uh, Kiswahili alone. But then it became uh, necessary to, you know, go down to the level uh, that the learners can accept or, or understand. And that's how we ended up with our content also being translated in Somali. So that the learners are able to, you know, listen to the content in their first language, and then they are able to move on to the language now that the, 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 the teaching language that is English and, uh, then, and Kiswahili. So also having the content in a way that the learner can be able to, you know, uh, accept it or, or take it in uh, fast, and then they can move on. And, um, Maybe that way, if we are able to, you know, have all those uh, networks working together, then we will be able to improve uh, learning through technology. Venta, Virginia, Noel, thank you so much for being a wonderful panel. Maybe before that, Moses, yes. um, as we speak and I'm here reflecting, are we doing justice to this issue of EdTech? Why should it be an enabler? It sounds like it should be like a last, an afterthought of some sort. Mm. But maybe these these need also to see technology as a primary, as a core pathway in which learning happens. Mm. Uh, because 
If we do that, then we also encourage children to make use of whatever forms of technology they have at home, also exploit as much as possible whatever they have at school. Similarly, if we made it a core in the classroom, and in this era of CBC where a teacher is supposed to be a facilitator. So if you're a facilitator, then you have to already start thinking about how, what do I present uh, on the board? What do I present by technology? So that it's a core, it's embedded as a core element within the lesson, so within the learning process. I think if we tweak the messaging uh, uh, to avoid instances where we may be seen as, okay, we have curriculum now, can we think about how technology comes mm. in? How does it become? It needs to be integral. Yes, how yeah. is it integral? I, I think I completely agree with you. I think, you know, especially when I've had other conversations here and we hear that children actually love the digitalization of technology in the learning process, it's something that therefore should be encouraged and fundamental to the process. Noel, Virginia, Benta, thank you so much for sharing. We're delighted that the inputs you've shared with us for this conversation. And I hope our audience will also get value from this. Thank you so much. On our next edition of EdTech Mondays Kenya, join us for a live recording at Innovate Nairobi on the 7th of August, 2023. Hosted by the Nairobi City County, Innovate Nairobi is set to showcase innovations in the county. Our conversation will focus on bolstering growth for Kenya's EdTech ecosystem, opportunities and challenges. See you there. EdTech Mondays Kenya is supported by the MasterCard Foundation Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in partnership with EdTech East Africa.